0: Hey chaps. Happy Friday. Praise God. I think we, we are are really uh, clarifying a lot of common sense things for maybe a lot of other tribes, a lot of other uh, nations who, who are like, yeah, duh. Whereas we're like, no, you don't understand. We've never seen this before. So it's it's just been a really great, it's been really energizing uh processing through all of this with you chaps. And so today, um, I really just want to get into this living in a tribally ascendant frame. You know, when you look at the Amish, they are tribally ascendant. What does that mean? They are ascending, not descending. What does that mean? There are going to be more of them 30 years from now, there are going to be a stronger showing of them 30 years from now than today. They are an ascendant culture. In other words, they are not victims. They are not, they don't have their backs up against the wall. They're not crying. They're not complaining. They are not appealing and seeking outside help. They are ascendant. They have confidence. They have a plan. They have fruitfulness and multiplication. They are uh, gaining property, not losing it. They are gaining wealth, not losing it. They are gaining institutional power, not losing it. You look at uh, the cartels. The cartels are culturally ascendant. In 30 years' time, there are going to be more cartels, more power, more territory, more wealth, more land, more operatives uh, than today. They are culturally ascendant over their geographic areas that they are, uh, that they have authority over. The Mormons are culturally ascendant. You know, they these desnat guys are thoroughly enjoyable. They are, they are ascendant in their mindset. You know, they are obnoxiously desnat, desbola. Uh, they are not asking for help. They are not crying in the desert. They are not uh, seeking outside affirmation. They are not complaining on Ben Shapiro's Facebook feed. They are not culturally descendant, culturally degenerating. They are ascendant. There will be more Mormons in 30 years. There will be a stronger Mormon culture in 30 years than there is today. And so what I am excited about, Rob, good afternoon, brother. What I'm excited about is where we are going to be in 30 years' time. Where is our Where is our tribe going to be in 30 years' time? And and I feel there is an awakening. You know, it's it is it is a black pill when you're like, I don't have a tribe, I don't have a tribal leader, I don't have tribal in group, I don't have tribal institutions. It's blackpilling. It's like, oh, like we'll never be like the Amish. We'll never be like the Mormons. You know, and and we get into this place of, of a mindset of defeat or a mindset of victimhood and complaining and appealing or of escaping, uh, you know, escaping into into uh, whatever forms of escapism to, to deal with our wound, our, our lack of belonging, our lack of meaning, our lack of a cultural homeland, our lack of in-group preference. But herein lies the, the huge opportunity. You know, if you if you go to a sunny resort town on the on the seaside and you're having a great time and you see that there is no ice cream stand, you know, that's pretty blackpilling. You're like, it's 90 degrees, sun is shining, I've got oil on my back, been sunning my balls, and all I want is some bloody ice cream and there's not an ice cream stand in sight. That's blackpilling, you know? It can be like, I came all this way to have ice cream on the beach in my Speedo. No ice cream, it's a black pill, chaps. But this is where the king mindset, the, the ascendant frame comes into view and it's like, wait a minute, I can start an ice cream stand and I can quit my job up in Snowland start an ice cream shop, start, start an ice cream shop here on, in this beautiful, sunny resort, seaside town, there's a, there's a, there's a gap in the market, you know? And so you get to this place of, of incredible optimism, incredible, uh, adventure, incredible energy, because you're like, I'm going to sell everything, come down here and start an ice cream shop. You know, and all your family are like, "Oh, it's crazy!" And all your friends are like, "Oh, it's crazy!" You're gonna lose everything. You're risking everything to go start an ice cream shop. And I was like, "Guys, you don't understand. There is no ice cream stand. There is no ice cream shop in that whole resort town. I'm going down there to live the dream. I'm going to be the legend that brought ice cream to this sunny resort town." And it's the same with tribalism in the West, right? A bunch of us white boys are, are living our best lives until one day we realize. We have no tribe and uh, it's blackpilling until you realize that we are the chaps. We are the pioneers. We are the patriarchs. We are the founding fathers who have the opportunity uh, to do something incredibly wonderful. Rob, you're a tribe of one until you build it larger. We should act as if, even as a tribe of one, don't wait till you meet others to live these principles. Fake it till you make it, it always starts with a lot. My man, are you reading? Are you reading my bloody notes? Yes, exactly that. It's, it's a mindset game, chaps. It's a, it's becoming culturally ascendant in our own identity before we ever see it, you know, and it might be 30 years till we ever see it. But it's like, I am, I am culturally ascendant. I am a patriarch. And so I wanted to, I wanted to get, get into a bunch of things here for us on, on, on living a tribally ascendant frame. And first things first is reconnecting to our heritage mythology, to our heritage uh, mythos. You know, we have to understand, it's great to read history. You know, if you are Scotch-Irish, read Scotch-Irish history. If you are Germanic, read Germanic history and so on for whatever your heritage is. But get into the mythos of the great men of your heritage, right? That's the first frame is a reconnection you know, so many of us are nihilistic because we don't even know our grandfather's name. We don't even know what our grandfather did. And so we're incredibly disconnected from tribe, right? The first tribe is family. The first tribe is patria. And so we have to start reconnecting. And that's where it's like, well, Scott, you know, these great men, I wasn't related. I wasn't related to Alexander the great. It's like, are you a bloody Greek? Are you an oily Greek boy? In spirit. You are a son of Alexander and and you have to start getting this mythos into your identity of, I am connected to the great men uh, of my past, the great men of my history. uh, And I'm going to start living worthy uh, of those men. And so exactly as you're saying there, Rob, acting as if I was one of those great men, I was in the company of one of those great men. And then going forward from our history is is then having abraham mindset so so rob you've hit it on the head there abraham was a lone patriarch he was a lone ranger he didn't have he didn't know that that he was going to have this big old tribe 12 tribes come from him and have a a a promised land and have a nation and have all this crazy stuff He, he was just one dude with his domain. He took his domain. God said to him, go to this place. And he's like, right, I'm going. And he started crushing, crushing in economy, crushing in governance, just absolutely crushing a a tribe of one. And he had all these men flock to him, right? He had, uh, you know, that's what happens when you, when you start living a patriarchal life in your domain, when you start crushing in your domain, men, men gather around you and say, be my captain now. You know, and there's captains of tens, captains of hundreds, captains of thousands. It doesn't matter at what what, uh, capacity God has made you for. The fact is, start doing, start being, you know, if it's 10 guys around you, be the captain of 10 guys, you know, and start having that mindset of, I am Abraham where I am, you know, Southern Indiana, I am Abraham in this little town of 3,000 people. Understanding this this mindset of, of, I can be the lone patriarch and men will start gathering around me. And then, and then, what comes from that is a multi-generational lifestyle, a multi-generational vision, a multi-generational living. Of I'm not just, you know, living living for a picket house in the suburbs and uh, you know vacations down in Florida. It's like, no, no, no. My thirty years from now, my children are going to inherit my patriarchal house, my patriarchal name. You know, when you look at 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 British or European feudal history. A lot of guys are like, "How do you name a tribe?" You know, is it America? It's like, no, that's a place. Is it Britain? No, that's a place, right? But the houses, the aristocratic houses, they had many, they had many places under their authority. You know, so for instance, you could have, you could have authority of a piece of land in Germany and a piece of land in England, and it's like these are both geographical locations under my house, under the control of my house. And I pass my house down to my heirs and they carry on, uh, administrating our domain, administrate do- our dominion over these geographical locations or over these institutions or over these projects, properties, whatever it is. Right. And so when you, when you look at it that way for us, it's like, man, like, we, we need to come up with a tribe name and we need to, we need to come up with, you know, where's our geographic location. And it's like, no, no, no. It's, it's, we need to come up with patriarchs, patriarchs who are understanding their role in their domains, understanding their role as kings, understanding their role as multi-generational pioneers. And so our houses start to build, uh, you know, institutional power, um, geographic authority, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Welcome. Abraham Mindset, a bumper sticker slogan waiting to happen. There you go. Abraham mindset, yeah, it's uh it'll get some head scratching, let me tell you. And so when we when we look at it that way of of where we are right now is our promised land. You know, a lot of guys are like, oh, you know, Israel or oh Washington, DC, or or should I move, you know, should I move to Florida? Should I move to Montana? Should I move to Colorado? And and that's fine if you do, but have a have a double multi-generational mindset have a double promised land of like i can own land here and i can own land there i can i can be powerful here and i can be powerful there you know that's where delegates start coming in you have delegated men under authority running your affairs in different locations that's fine but wherever you are treat that as the promised land treat that as the holy land right this little town of 3000 that i mean i don't own property yet but it's like this is my terrain this is my territory i am the patriarch Uh, in this area, I'm building uh, strength, I'm I'm crushing my domain, and I'm going to start meeting other patriarchs, and we'll either have alliances, we'll have friendships, you know, we're going to meet other guys online who are in far different geographic areas, and we start having confederacy, we start gaining uh, a, we start making a united patriarchal an, aristocra- an aristocracy, right? We start creating power together and that's where this meta tribe starts coming from is powerful patriarchal men. But until we until we do that, until we build our own patriarchal, so this is why, um, there is no political solution to our current state, right? They're, they're, yes, operate in the political domain. Yes, run for office. Yes, uh, seek bureaucratic jobs and, and do the political stuff. Be involved politically we are not going to have our tribe tribal interests through a political through the current political frame never happen right it's the UN is more likely to invade a white boy summer uh, if we ever try to do it politically it's moral and economic right so that when the political system as we know it now crumbles when Rome falls, right? We, we're all anticipating the fall of Rome. What happens? A power vacuum. That's where the Amish are ascendant. The uh, the Muslims are ascendant. The, the Mormons are ascendant. The cartels are ascendant because they already have a governance structure. They already have institutional power. They already have an economy. They already have an in-group. They already have power structures to move into the vacuum and be like, great. Like nothing changes for us. we we hit the ground running. We hit the vacuum running. Whereas all of us, all of us, uh, white boys, it's like, well, you know, maybe when things collapse, then we can form a, uh, uh, the Burgesses and we can maybe it's like too late chaps. The vacuum, <laughs> when the vacuum pops, say hello to your new tribal overlords. If, if you don't have a tribe, you're going to be begging for mercy to be let in by the Amish or let in by the Mormons or let in by the cartels. You know, it's too late. Once, once Rome falls, if you don't have your tribe, your tribal infrastructure set up to, to, to harvest the vacuum, it's too late. You now, you now become under someone else's authority and and under someone else's uh, power. So that is the big thing for us is like seeing this 30 year horizon right? In 30 years, there, there's three stages that, that I want to really take us through here. Number one is spiritual sovereignty, spiritual tribalism, right? We, we we have to understand that we are a diaspora, right? So in America, all these different tribes act as a diaspora. You know, if, you, if you're a Jew, well, there's a homeland somewhere else. If you're an Indian, there's a homeland somewhere else. If you're Chinese, there's a homeland somewhere else, and we are the diaspora, and we understand that, and we enclave, and we do institutions together. And then, uh, you know, maybe uh, eventually we'll have political power once this vacuum falls, boom, we are an extension of that homeland into this area that we are colonizing, colonialism. Right? So the first spiritual diaspora identity of, I know that I am called to be a king in this area and i'm building my spiritual identity is not civic nationalist american my identity is not civic nationalist south african my addition my uh, identity is not a british civic nationalist it's like no, no no like i am i'm an anglo bro who is a protestant and you know whatever that kind of it's even going to boil down further than that regionally right a lot of you texan guys have a head start a lot of you uh Um, Southerners. And uh, you've got this head start because of regional, regionalistic tribalism, you know, which is great. So, so there's going to be this, there is going to be a spiritual at what point do I want to identify? Because if we go like, well, we're all just Anglo bros, or we're all Westerners. it's like, that's fine. That's, that's okay. But when the cartel comes to your little town, And says right we are the captains now in the vacuum you can't appeal to western christianity you can't appeal to it's like you're literally appealing to your militia group of your area you're literally appealing to the sheriff of your local area um the the warlord of your local area you know so we have to understand rightly the levels of identity Yes, we can all identify as Westerners. Yes, we can all identify as Anglosphere or American or South African whatever right But that's not going to that's not going to save us when the Empire crumbles. That's not going to give us an in-group when the ident- identity crumbles. you know far more is is your town you know your town having having some kind of formal tribalism for your region, for your uh, county, for your state, whatever you want to call it that, you know, having a a tribe of 120 is far more powerful, far more intimate than having a tribe of 50 million, 150 million, you know, that, that was the problem with MAGA, excuse me, you had a tribe of 80 million and it was too, it was too high scale, it was too atmospheric or conceptual there was no concrete skin in the game reality you know and so so we have to we have to niche down and tribe down and understand that yes there will be there will be a confederation of many tribes and scaling up that way but we don't lose our our on the ground concrete abrahamic or david i know who my men are i've looked them in the eyes and if a cartel comes cuz a cartel they understand you know, the cartel knows we've got 7,000 members, they're all armed, here's our, our authority structure, here's our goals, here's our supply lines, here's our logistics, here's our, 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 our geographic area, uh, and they, they have a operational uh, context. They know how to operate, you know? And so that's what, what you're going to be going up against in a power vacuum. The Amish, they are literally, they are an agrarian cartel. And the drugs they're selling right now is nostalgia. They're, they're making money off it. They make money off of tourism and nostalgia, those clever buggers. But they have their governance structures intact, you know? And right now they all pay homage to a to a higher political structure, you know, to a higher political authority. We all of us pay homage to the American authority system, but we still build our tribe within that. And yes, run for mayor, run for sheriff, become a police officer, be, be a federal bureaucrat, right? But you're doing it as a Chinese person does not stop being a Chinese diasporic agent, even though they're they're the mayor of the town, even though they are the professor of a university, even though they are uh, an FBI agent, right? They carry on their first Chinese. Then they are, you know, they, they're doing their job as Chinese diaspora, Rob, men want to follow the best among them, not the most pious. Monks don't inspire men to action. Yeah, man. And, and that's where we're really going. We're clarifying this thing of church. Church plugs into tribe. It doesn't govern tribe, right? Church plugs into. That's why church can be multi-ethnic, multi-racial, because they can plug into every tribe and tongue on earth. You send a church, a, a minister, a guy who's crushing in his domain of ministry. You send him to the pygmy tribes. He will plug into the pygmy tribe. He doesn't govern the pygmy tribe. He sanctifies them. He plugs in and sanctifies them, right? You send, you send a missionary, a minister uh, to Mexico. He plugs into the Mexican tribe. He plugs in. He doesn't govern them. He plugs in and he sanctifies them. You know, so so it's exactly that. We don't want to follow priests. We want to be sanctified by them. We don't want to follow priests because then we're setting them up to fail as kings who are going to be crucified as priests. Exactly that. Um, DBG. One royal family can span nations. The family of Denmark, Greece are in control of Denmark, England, Spain, and others. Yeah, exactly that. It's this house mindset, you know, of my house, my patriarchal lineage is going to be in control of various institutions, various properties, various bureaucratic levers, various geographical dominions. And we can do that at scale right now as just, you know, ordinary bloke. It's like, no, 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 I'm a patriarch. And and that's the mindset we have. It's the LARP. Like you say there, Rob, you know, that's the LARP. It's like until you start LARPing as Abraham, you're not going to get Abraham's results. DVG, even though they are one family, they call themselves English, Spanish, Greek, Danish, etc. Yeah. They take on the traditions and culture of the geographic place but stay true to their own family and tribe above nation because they know that their family lasts longer than the nations do. Yeah. Are There were lots of national folks, but no one locally watching the ballot boxes and that cost the election. Yeah. Because you know, it's here's the problem with political. Okay. So we, we we've diagnosed the problem of church as the tribal infrastructure. Here's the problem with democ- dem- democratic civic nationalism as as tribe the president will do something the president is on it the president he's the guy in charge he'll make it all work i voted for him i carry on with my individual life and that's what happens you know there's no local skin in the game there's no local upper operative infrastructure uh, i mean there is to a certain extent but it, there's no there's no buy-in there's no there's no belonging from the man on the street uh, without local tribe, you have a house without a foundation. Yeah, you know, we, we can't, and that's it. You know, we've hit it on the head, tribe of one. You build a tribe from the bottom up, not from the top down. And that's unfortunately why uh, MAGA failed. You know, that's unfortunately why uh, Britain and America failed, right? The patriarchs, once they, once they converted from aristocracy to democracy, the, the grassroots, the, the local patriarch, the captains of thousands, hundreds, and tens all fall away because democracy is saying there are no patriarchs. Democracy is saying every man is equal and what are they equal to the lowest common denominator, which is just a single man, right? Whereas patriarchs are he who does more is worth more. He who owns more is worth more. He who has more family has more future, right? Aristocracy, is as soon as you introduce democracy, you destroy aristocracy. And that's what happened to Britain. It's what happened to Europe. And it's what happened to America. Believe it or not, America was very aristocratic. What do you think the founding fathers were? They were an aristocracy. What do you think republicanism is? It's an attempt to recreate Rome where the aristocrats lovingly and honor, uh, noblesse oblige, nobly guard and and shape society Uh, for those who who give them Juana, you know? And then we descend into this whole democracy thing of giving everybody the franchise and making everybody equal. Uh, And it's like, you can have equality and democracy and clown world, or you can have aristocracy and patriarchy. You can have equality and democracy and clown world, or you can have patriarchy and dominion. Let me know when my Wi-Fi comes back on here, Jeps. Can you hear me chaps with my, it just says my Wi-Fi. Okay, great. So, Hey, Andrew Quinn, welcome brother. So yeah, we, we've got to get into this aristocratic uh, mindset for ourselves and understand that we're all also working within a democratic empire framework. You know, so we ourselves have to, we build it from the bottom up. We build it from captains of tens, and this is where we're starting. And this is our, this is our great goal you know, it's achievable. That's what's so wonderful here. It's like, oh, there's no ice creams at this town. I will start the ice cream stand. You don't have to, nothing big, just I'm selling ice creams, like 10 captains of tens. That's where we're getting to, right? Being captains of tens. And once you, once you're a captain of 10, now captains of 100s then captains of thousands, you know, and we're trying to jump. The Amish are at the captains of thousands level, you know, they're at the cap. There's 300, 400,000 of them in America. And it's like, we look at them and we're just like, we'll never achieve that. And it's like, not if we try and achieve it top down, it, it starts with us, the, the patriarchs of tens. And another thing I, I wanted to hit on here is, is, so, so I was talking about spiritual sovereignty first. Then from spiritual sovereignty, once we're all operatives, once we all understand our identity as kings, once we understand our, our domain and start crushing for the good of the, of the tribe, we can move into institutional sovereignty, right? Buying up land, buying up assets, uh, skilling ourselves as operatives in different, uh, trades, different domains, crushing those domains for the good of the tribe. You know, the negative institution building of, of building families and marriages and banks and schools and, uh, media houses and, and whatnot, and then going for, for positive institutions, you know, actually going hard at, at running our guys for candidacy, running our guys for bureaucratic jobs. Um, you know, doing uh, NGO type stuff, having lobbying organizations, having, uh, advocacy organizations, you know, those are, are great, um, positive institutions to go hard at, but you can't do it until you've got a bunch of strong men who agree that, Hey, these are things we need to be all be, be going hard at because it takes, it's not just on one man. And that's why, you know, politics fail for the right. Cause like, Oh, there's our leader. There's Donald. Or there's whoever, whoever a, a right wing leader, you know, even even to the extent of, um, you know, populist kind of things that happen w- with guys running for office. It's like if I vote my guy into office, he will do all the things. He will top down build us a neo Amish state, and it's like he can't. He can be he can be a fighting figurehead. He can be a man who who pushes frame and who who moves windows and who creates space, right? But all the other guys have to then crush under. They have to crush their domains. They have to go hard underneath of what this guy, the the space that this guy is affording us. Rob, this is the inside outside the system strategy. You build your tribe outside of the system, but you also continue using the system as a rear guard, voting, utilizing the law inside the system. Yeah, and gaming the system, you know? Of how can we use the system to advantage our people? And, you know, because that's what all the other, the other tribes do so well, is they gladly accept, you know, the, the non in-group preference of the system or or the, the, even the preference towards them, but then they very uh, quickly close ranks and don't afford others uh, that same, you know, it, it is, it's like, oh yeah, I'll take what's good for everyone, but I'll also guard what's good for us. So. So that's it, so, so we've got spiritual sovereignty of the diaspora, then we have institutional sovereignty, we start building institutional sovereignty like the Amish have done. And only then can you have geographic sovereignty, right? A lot of guys are like, man, we all need to We all need to move to Montana, we all need to move to Texas or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 like we can be a diaspora across the Anglosphere. And we have to understand that it's institutional uh, house patriarchy that then becomes this, you know, we, we're so constrained by the, the, the modern nation state, you know, feudal, feudal Europe had it right. You know, I'm the, I'm the Lord of this little county and I'm the, the, the Duke of this principality. And like they're two like totally disparate and people would trade, you know, authorities and stuff. And it's like, they had a right understanding that house comes first institutions come first alliances and uh, a a authority systems are first geography is always second. Geography is always a, a hardware that our software controls. And yes, you know, it's nice to have a homeland, you know, but the Afrikaners have, have proven the, the Amish have proven. It's like, man, if, if it's not working out in one place, move to another place. And can you, where can you successfully put your, software into practice start thriving that's that becomes homeland right now obviously i i have a fond mythos ideology uh, idealism for 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 britain as my spiritual and ethnic homeland you know i'm you know you have the zionists who have israel as their spiritual and ethnic homeland i'm an albionist you know i have these fond ideas of britain as ethnic and spiritual homeland am i ever going to I'm going to bring the ideal mythos that I have and make it around me, you know, wherever an English boy that I have and make it around me, you know, wherever an English boy is, England goes with him. You know, it's that whole thing of, of Adam in the garden of like, man, wherever, whatever your identity is, that's what you're going to put out on your garden. So Adam's identity was heaven on earth. Eden was heaven on earth, right? So it's like wherever we go, we ought to bring heaven. We ought to bring the ideals. We ought to bring the mythos into our little domain that we control our little geographic domain that we happen to have uh, authority over. So then the other thing here, Rob Dunbar's number is real. It is better to have a confederation of solid tribes than a watered down monstrosity. Yeah, exactly that. You know, it it's one hundred and twenty people is an incredible. You know, you look at secret societies. The the power in secret societies is is always in less numbers, in less scale. You know, because they know that you can control the intimacy and the honor and the the sacrifices required amongst you know a couple hundred guys far better than you can thousands or even millions of guys you know it's the it's the power of of the country club it's the power of a a, a church you know even a lot of churches they want mega churches they want these big 10,000 seat monstrosities because the guy thinks he's a king and and he wants the the glory of of uh wealth land and power through the domain of ministry But, but as a, as a functional tool of church, are they sanctifying the people? Well, no, not as, as good as a hundred person church. Are they discipling the people? Well, no, not as good as a a hundred person church. You know, it's the same way for, for all uh, tribalism is we're going to all patriarchy, you know, Abraham had 300 trained men, you know, that was his, that was his group. Those were his guys. You know, so maybe a thousand people because they all had wives and children. So maybe like 2,000, 3,000 people that was traveling around with Abraham. You know, he was a tribe of about 3,000. And, um, but within that, it's like you have your hundred guys that you are tight with and you, you're you allied to another hundred guys and you're allied to another hundred guys. And yeah, now we have a confederation of, you know, you know, a hundred thousand, you know, that's what the Amish are. There's 300, 400,000 of them but I don't think their communities ever operate bigger than, you know, a couple hundred. I I wouldn't even think it would be a couple hundred. I mean, with all the kids and stuff involved, but I mean, men, uh, you know, so it's a, it's a really uh, fascinating thing to look at of this ground up grassroots scale patriarchy, patriarchs, pioneers, a house, building a house, a legacy and, um, a lineage. You can't keep secrets in large groups. Yeah, and you can't keep loyalty. Uh, you can't. You know, you, you look at you look at a lot of guys. Loyalty to a group happens when guys feel seen and known and protected, you know. And if the main guy is is distant and and unconnected, it's like guys like, yeah, I like him, I like what's happening, but you know, he's nothing more than you know. I'm not. I'm not loyal to the queen because I don't know the queen. I, I, I've never seen the queen. I will never see the queen. And so any semblance of loyalty um, is, is basically just through the mythos of divine right of kings that I would have maybe agreed to and maybe been taught by the priest or taught by uh, media or whatever of like we worship the queen and all this kind of stuff. But but real loyalty comes to the men who, who you do life with, to the men who you uh, sacrifice with and who know you intimately, you know them intimately. Um, you know, that's what makes fighting uh, units so powerful is that these men go through so many things together. That's what makes sports teams so powerful as a, as a bonding tool is, oh, you're going to go and do a blood sport together and it's kind of dangerous and, it's, you know, you exert yourself and and there's it's like, oh, great, I, f- I feel closer to those guys uh, than I do some guy in a cubicle, 200 people from me who I share an organization with. Woo, go team, you know. Andrew Quinn Turney of the minority. Yeah. And it's it's important for us to be that, that powerful minority, you know, that powerful minority in our own, uh, in our own community, you know, when you look at it as far as local politics, you know, it's like maybe like three or four people who run the whole county's politics, you know, because they, they don't mind doing it. They like it. They feel, uh, that's their calling and they're crushing at it. The other, you know, let's say there's 10,000 people. In your county they couldn't care less they couldn't care less and so it's the minority that you know it's probably what accounts town council of like eight people that runs the town uh, you know policy wise and all that kind of stuff because no one else could care less and so that is it's the tyranny of the minority and we want to make sure that we are the tyrants that we are the patriarchs that we are the kings um, you know and, and to even not be afraid I think for so long we've been brought up in this de- democratic uh, mindset of like oh let everyone else speak let everyone else have a voice let everyone have a vote and it's like no i'm the most capable man here i'm the most moral man here i'm the most loving of my people in place here i will make the decision you know that's the mindset that we have to have rob i'd rather go down the river with seven studs than with 100 shitheads colonel charlie back with exactly you know it's it's a great thing to have tight friendships, loyal friendships, uh, with, with, you know, a couple men than it is to have this kind of familiarity maybe with, with hundreds or thousands who mean nothing to you, you know? So that's great. All right. Crushing your domain to the good of the tribe. So here's the other thing, you know, a lot of us want, we want, we want, again, because the church has, has been the only, uh, tool, the only expression of tribe, we're like, I want to start a church. I want to plant a church or I want to be involved in a church. So, so like the only way to feel tribal is to volunteer for everything at the church, volunteer for this, volunteer for that, you know, and, and like spend, you know, 40 hours a week involved in the church to find our tribal belonging, to contribute our gift. Right? So where that goes wrong is that then it takes you away from your domain. Your, your thing that you're crushing at because you're trying to run tribe through a church. Remember, church plugs in and sanctifies the men. So yes, go to church. Yes, be a, a devoted man to God. Yes, um, be discipled in a church structure, right? But where I find my tribal belonging is like, this is the thing I'm like, I am a phenomenal this, whatever your domain is, whatever your work is, whatever your passion and, and, and the thing, your gift, like this is what I'm great at. Crush it to the good of your tribe, right? You, you have to understand that it's like me being phenomenal at my gift and my domain is far more valuable, creating in me, a, 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 I'm a far more honorable man. So whatever hierarchy I do join, I have more honor. I have more worth. I have more contribution, more gifting. Your gift makes room for you and brings you before great men who are attempting great things. So we really have to understand that me crushing in my domain is far more a ministry, far more a a calling than it is trying to volunteer uh, in a false tribe, uh, and where the 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 guy is not a king, he's a priest, you know. And so we're, we're waiting on priests, right? Uh, sorry, we're waiting on kings. We're waiting on kings to to step out and be like, "All right, I'm and." And it's not even a thing of like, all right, I'm starting. It's like guys start naturally gravitating to their kings. You know, there's going to be, again, captains of tens, captains of hundreds, captains of thousands, you know, guys are going to start gravitating to their tribal chieftains, but crushing your domain and then pledge fealty to your tribe or to your chieftain that you found. Or if you are a chieftain, you know, understand the guys who are crushing their domains who are coming around you. Don't be like, oh, you know, I'm just a guy. But it was like, no, no, okay. We are a tribe of 10. Let's start crushing. You know, let's start crushing in our domains. How do we how do we start creating a tribal plan? How do we start bringing guys in who are our guys? You know, and, and that's the biggest thing. When you look at the Amish crushing an economy, you know, what's their, their whole blueprint? Buy a farm, start a family, and crush the agrarian game. You know, build trades, build businesses around this whole agrarian game. And they're crushing at it, you know? and And again, it's like, how do we do that over a geographic area? How do we do that over institutions? You know, if you guys have a plan for an NGO or for a, a school or for a media house or for a political campaign, it's like start bringing your guys in on those projects. You know, oh, but I don't have guys. It's like, no, you have at least two or three or four guys who you've met online. You know, cause a lot of times it's gonna be online. You know, you can stay anonymous with each other. You can stay whatever, but it's like, you start meeting your little groups of tents. What projects are you doing together to the glory of God, to the good of your tribe? You know, that's where where we start absolutely feeling this thing of belonging. You know, that's where we're going down the river uh, with seven studs rather than going to a church with a hundred dudes who we, we don't even know where they stand. You know, it's like, Oh, I drink soy lattes. And it's like, okay, this guy's part of my tribe. It's like, no, he's not, you know, but the, the guy whose name you don't even know on Twitter it's like you have, you know, ninety percent uh, values alignment, and it's like, hey, let's let's do stuff together. Let's let's buy property together. Let's start businesses together. Let's uh, run campaigns together. Let's uh, let's crush media together. Like, what are the things that you guys can start doing together? This is now tribal action. You know, this is now us doing stuff for the good of the tribe, uh, contributing our gifts to great men, and I'm just super excited about that. Rob, many churches operate their ministry through a telescope, focusing their efforts to the hinterlands, while the people in their geographic area turn further and further away from God's grace. I often feel like a lot of churches, You, it's easier to go, you know, they say that about consultants. It's, uh, it's easier to go tell someone else what is wrong with their business than to to understand and fix what is wrong with your business. And it's the same way, I think, for a lot of, of mission missionary types. It's like, I grew up around here. I am complicit in this degenerate culture that I've grown up in. And so I'd rather go and tell some other degenerate culture how much God loves them uh, than live in my culture and uh, and understand how much I am complicit uh, in this this degeneracy. Rob, the church that does more is worth more. Yeah, you know, and, and all of those chaps... It's an encouragement to churches. It's an encouragement to priests, you know, of like, wow, I don't have to be the king. I don't have to be the tribal machinery. I'm here to sanctify guys who are absolutely crushing, you know? And so it becomes this for priests of like, you know, let's say you have a little church of a hundred people, you know, it's so like 20, 20 odd guys who come to your church and, and are coming to you for discipleship and sanctification. It makes your job so much easier because you're like, okay. I understand what I'm supposed to do. The church that does more is worth more. What I'm supposed to do is sanctify these men to absolutely crush in their domains. You know, I, I found the meme or the, the photo. It's it's of the Spanish Civil War. It's a bunch of, of soldiers kneeling with all their rifles and, and kneeling down. They're obviously about to go into an engagement. And the Catholic priest is holding up the, the cross and he's blessing them. And they're about to all go off and die. And he's blessing them. You know, or conversely, they're all off to go and and kill a bunch of communists. But this guy is saying a prayer over them and he's blessing them and he's sanctifying them. And my heart's just like, God, this is what we want out of our priests. This is what we want out of our churches. You know, so, so, so for your, your quote there, the priest that sanctifies his men is worth more, you know, because so many priests are like, you, you sit in this pew for my edification, for my glory, for like the more people I can have listen to me preach, the better. You know, it's like, no, no, no. The more guys who I can be like, hey, man, what's your business? What's your domain? Oh, I'm a, I am do this. It's like, okay, how do we make you crush for the glory of God? What can I pray for? How can I help you to be more like Christ in your domain? How can I help you to be fearless because you fear the Lord only? How can I help you to be bold? How can I help you to be masterful? How can I help you to be strong in your domain and crush for the Lord? Uh, and then, you know, if you have setbacks, call me. If you're, if you have fears, call me and I'll pray for you and strengthen you in the Lord. Like, man, like that is what we want, you know, out of our priests and and out of our churches. Praise God. All righty, I'm just going to finish up here on the last few little things. Yeah. So preparing for a tribal hierarchy before you have one. Uh, We we hit on that right at the beginning there. We have to understand that that a time is coming where the vacuum, where the empire will collapse, the current hierarchical systems, the current uh, authorities uh, will have a vacuum and so we want to prepare for hierarchy prepare for infrastructure logistics uh, tribal governance tribal momentum uh, before the the opportunity arises and uh, I think we we hit it a little bit there with with starting to to do things in tens you know groups of 10 and and then we can start allying our groups of 10 and now we have groups of hundreds and groups of thousands. And that's a, it's an amazingly black pilling, black pilling, it's amazingly white pilling thing to understand that we're, we're hitting this on the grassroots level, you know, and it's, our enemies are all high level, uh, you know, just, they're found that they have no foundations and they are, um, they're all hitting things that are at a hugely high level. And so we're just coming in under the radar and just, and just anticipating uh our, our time when the vacuum comes which is really exciting. So Abraham and David, uh, great, yeah, great templates on this. Yeah. So the question I'm going uh, to just end us off here, what ground authorities, institutions do we hold? You know, right now, what authorities do we hold? Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have uh, a property? Are you uh, main, you know, do you have authority in a domain? Do you have uh, an office or do you have a, a skill or a trade? Do you have an organization? Um, you know, are you, are you on a board? You know, these are the, the the things that we start thinking about is what ground do we hold? What authorities, what institutions do we hold? And and looking at it that way, you know, and, and it's it's also one of the biggest things for me is understanding your domain actually takes all the pressure off, you know, because I was like, man, am I going to have to run for office and plant a church and build up a property portfolio and start a media house? You know, that that's always been my kind of like, I have to do it all. I have to do it all. And it's like, and then you don't do anything because you, you're struggling to, to hold. It's like, no, 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 what am I crushing at? Go hard at that. You know, and it's not cutting off the other domains. You, you can still be involved. And as things uh, mature, you'll, you'll have automatic access to other domains. But it's like, what is your domain? And go crush. What ground can I hold? What ground is easy for me to take and hold and grow? DVG, jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, you know, we want to become masterful chaps. So praise God. I bless you guys. Um, have a wonderful weekend. I, uh, am hopefully picking up my, my half beef. Um, so I'm going to be excited. I will have a celebratory braai and I'll take a photo and post on Twitter for the edification of the brothers. Love you guys. Have a great one. And we'll see you on Monday evening. Praise God.